0: We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 27 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Today, we're talking about something you either love or love to hate, Instagram. Whether you use the app to grow your business, build a following, or just stay connected with your friends and family, you're probably scrolling and double tapping on the daily. Am I right? You probably also already know that I've been on Instagram forever. My eight-year Instaversary was this past October, but I wanted to bring in my friend and Instagram growth guru, Isabella Silverio, to break down the strategies and hacks for Instagram success. You might know her as Isabella Guava, and she is a content enthusiast, social media master, and full-time business consultant for her company, Guava Empowerment. She's been involved in launches of 10-plus global startups since the age of 18, and her expertise spans from the tech, fitness, personal branding, and influencer marketing industries. Her passion of empowering entrepreneurial-minded women is a driving force for her and her business, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story and learn all of her Instagram expertise. But before we get to the good stuff, let's do the review of the week. This one is from Tay Gibson, and she said, Learning how to grind and be grateful, five stars. All it took was one episode to get me hooked on this podcast. Highly recommend for anyone that is on the journey to becoming your true authentic self. Thank you, Marie, for always reminding me to keep grinding and show gratitude for everything in my life. Thank you so, so much, Tay. That literally means the world to me. And just by me showing up and being my authentic self and letting my guests do the same, giving them a platform to do so, I hope that that just gives you the permission to be boldly yourself, be authentically yourself, and really just work toward your dreams. And you know what I say, with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. So thank you so much for supporting the show, for listening, and for leaving a review. You just won yourself a limited limited edition grind and be grateful t-shirt. So once you hear this, Tay, go ahead and DM me on Instagram. It's at Marie E. Wold and let me know and I'll get your size and shipping info and send you off a cute little shirt. If you listening want to be the next review of the week, leave the show a rating and review on iTunes and you might just be featured on the show and be a proud new owner of the limited edition "Granny Be Grateful t-shirts that aren't even for sale right now. Leaving a review takes literally one minute, but makes my entire day, so thank you in advance if you do so. All you've got to do is search for this show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app on your iPhone, find the ratings and review section, and add your own. This week's episode is brought to you by my favorite skincare company, TULA. Before switching over to Tula completely at the beginning of 2018, I had never used products like theirs, and within just a couple of weeks, I saw a noticeable difference in my skin. It was clearer, glowier, the texture was better, and I just felt super, super confident in my skin. What's so special is that Tula uses probiotics as the foundation for all of their products, and probiotics aren't just good for your gut. They've also been proven to help promote the look of skin's natural balance, locking in moisture and leaving your complexion more hydrated and reducing the appearance of inflammation and I can say that they've definitely done that for me. Not only are the probiotics incredible for your skin, but they also only use clean, clinically proven, high quality ingredients that nourish your skin and are cruelty free. You guys know that I'm extremely picky about what goes in and on my body, and I'm so grateful to have found products that work and have great ingredients, because sometimes that's hard to find. If you want to learn more about Tula products, they have a great skin quiz on their website so you can figure out what is going to work best for you, as well as a bunch of super cute holiday sets right now. The Let It Glow Kit has all of my daily essentials plus a couple masks in there too. So go ahead and go to Tula.com and check everything out. Take the skin quiz and see what is going to work best for you. And then once you check out, don't forget to use code Marie to save 20% on your entire order, including the already discounted holiday sets. That's T-U-L-A.com. And the 20% off code is Marie. And thank you so much to Tula for being today's episode partner. Hey Isabella, how are you doing and thank you so much for being on the show. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Uh do you have a name for your podcast listeners like the grinder gratefulers or what should yeah. I address? Oh, I don't yet. Oh my gosh,
0: that's now on the list though. Yeah,
1: maybe you should have like a poll, like a voting okay, poll, like the the grind great I don't know. Whatever.
0: Yeah, I them. mean, it's kind of tricky like I can't really call them like the grinders know, right? <laughs> or
1: something like that. <laughs> That would be fun, though. Like, maybe you could have, like, a dance yeah. that. I think there's already a dance.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> I have a, one of my previous guests. She calls her people the gratitude gang, and I like that. Oh, so I might have so to steal too. that from her. No, maybe you can call it gratitude... <laughs> I'll come up with something. I'm pretty good with names. All right. Yeah. We'll put on our branding hats and work on that. But let's talk business and branding and Instagram. You're known as, yeah, you're known as like an Instagram growth guru and a business coach. And we're going to get into like the practical, nitty gritty stuff here. But let's start with like who you are, where you started, and how you ended up in the role that you have, which is like so, so cool. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I love that. I love it when I've been working
1: on my business for so long. So now, to kind of it took a lot a long time to kind of be known as like this instagram guru so it just feels so good every time yeah. someone says it all loud. i'm like well, yeah i am the instagram <laughs> guru like that's right yeah so, you own that i own it yeah so hello everybody just everyone you know i kind of if it's okay with you can we just like take a deep breath marie is that, yes because yes. <laughs> we're both talking about like it's wednesday when we're recording and like Wednesdays are just weird because you still have half the week and like 80% of the work to still get done. So uh-huh. <laughs> we can just like take a deep breath. I would really appreciate that if that's okay with oh yeah everybody listening. Definitely. Okay. I we'll was just like... <sighs> Let that out. It oh, always feels, oh, good. I feel better already. Oh, no, me too. Oh, okay, great. So now, yes, now we can record this podcast. But hello, everybody. So, yeah, hi. My name is Isabella Silverio. I am an Instagram growth guru, and I just help coaches really use Instagram as a tool to land clients online, high ticket paying clients, and as well as build their personal brand. So, you know, I grew up in Miami, Florida. Cuban descent Cuban American I'm also 23 years old I don't know everyone always asks how old I am but I'm 23 years old I grew up in Miami Florida yeah. same girl oh yeah I kind of thought you would be like 23, 24 That's awesome. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. 23 is always I just turned 23 so it's already a lot of fun like I'm having a really good mm-hmm. time because it's like no one's still asking me about babies yet because I'm Hispanic and I'm like making money. So it's a really nice balance. But I grew up in Miami, Florida. I'm from Cuban descent. I was really fortunate enough to grow up in a family that, you know, wasn't really limiting beliefs. Of course, there was this, you know, you can't do anything without three PhDs. That was something that my family takes a lot of pride in. My parents were always just drilling in me, you know, get a degree, then do whatever you want. Get a degree, get a degree. So you know, I grew up in Miami. It's so I don't know if you're aware of like any Hispanic families or that kind of culture, but we're very much, you know, stay at home until you get married. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. when I was applying to schools outside of Miami, uh, not out of state, but I applied to University of Florida. And when I got in, it was a really big deal. They were like, wow, you're really leaving? Like you're going to move away from home for for four years? Like what's going to happen to you? Right. So I always knew that I was going to leave Miami it was never a place that, it's my home, but it was just never a place that I knew I was going to thrive in. So and I was like, there's a whole big world out there. Like, I can go to Paris, I can go to Peru, I can go to Switzerland. I wound up in Gainesville, Florida, which is like <laughs> small town. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, it's a Switzerland of Florida. But um, I wound up there and I went to college and that's where I really, really thrived. You know, high school was not the most empowering four years of my life. It was a lot of like, Mm, yeah, it was a lot of just like worrying about what other girls bodies look like, worried about what my body looks like, worried about what boys thought of me. Friend groups were sometimes like sticky and unwarranted. And, you know, it just wasn't my, my thing. Like high school, I always knew like I was gonna, everyone who peaked in high school, I was like, okay, that's gonna be me a few years later. Right? <laughs> so I went to college and I've Uh, So University of Florida is actually, it's a good school. Like I'm not here to like talk about my degree is so great, but it's a top rated public school in America and it's really competitive. It's really hard to get in. So when everyone in my family was like, good luck getting into UF, like this is, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, you're not top 5% of your class, like be prepared. So a hack out there to everyone who's applying to colleges or any kind of program. And if you're a woman of diversity... I was like, okay, I'm gonna pick the, co- I'm gonna apply to the college that needs more women of diversity. So I decided to apply to like some nanobiotic engineering <laughs> major, and I got in. And then the first day of school, I switched to business. <laughs> Life hack. Oh my god. Yes. Life hack. Like you don't have. To- yeah. I was like, okay, there's definitely not enough women in this crazy. Talk about niche. It's like niche major. So I just yeah lied to the college that I thought I would get into, <laughs> and it worked. It worked. And I the first day like orientation, I was like, okay, I'm going to change my major now. Uh, and I switched this. Mm-hmm. I always knew in my heart I was going to be some type of businesswoman. I didn't know what that what that really looked like, but I got really involved in startup culture in Gainesville. We have a really strong startup culture. A lot of technology startups, service startups, and over the four years, I actually, you know, I partake in about 20, I got my hands on at least 20 startups, at least technology, wow, and service. Yeah. And that was just my free time wasn't getting paid. I was always the marketing intern or the marketing lead, social media manager, you know, just whatever I can get my hands on. I, I fell in love with startup culture, startup life. I spent um, at least the first three years of college thinking that I was going to like work at Google or work at Netflix, something super cool, something, you know, Silicon Valley, like that's where I really saw myself going. But it wasn't really until I joined my last startup, senior year of high school, until I got like stung. You have such a great experience. At some point, you're going to get this, at some point, that track record is going to kind of blow up in your face. So I joined this last Mm And it was just kind of treated like a frat house. I uh, had all the startup experience. I studied abroad and, you know, doing tech startups in Ireland and went to South Africa and serviced, you know, disadvantaged entrepreneur. So like experience level, I was there. But these fratty dudes at this startup 't I love their mission I love their what they were trying to do but it just wasn't clicking and I got kind of burned as a woman and my opinions and mm. wasn't valued so I dipped <laughs> I was like peace out like if I'm not appreciated why would I stay? and there's so much more opportunity out there so i encourage everyone you know whether it's your job or don't want to get super sticky but like relationships friendships if something's not serving you you can leave you don't have to stay out of guilt or pressure and i always encourage people like you design your life you you have control of your own situation sometimes money sometimes time those commitments it does keep us where we are but if you can leave do it so I left and I was kind of wallowing for a second. I was like, oh my God, what was me? Like I always joined a startup. What am I going to do now? Nothing is interesting to me. And like the thought just dawned on me like, "Hmm, I'll just start my own business. Like why not? I've started like 20 businesses already basically. Yeah. And I'll just start my own. And like I thought it was a super unique idea to help women entrepreneurs with social media, right? I was like, I'm so smart. Like I just came up with this whole new concept. I basically invented an industry. What an original thought. And then I totally got <laughs> hit in the face of reality that that wasn't real. And I you know, discovered that there's this whole community of, of online coaches, business coaches, health coaches. I discovered it and I immediately knew, wow, I want to be not just a part of this community, but if I can be a leader, that would be like a dream come true that I didn't even know didn't even know was a real thing, right? And the beautiful mm. thing about being a part of startup culture, being a part of startup industry is that when you're in it, you can not anticipate many... We're all kind of... We're both millennials. And the job that we have didn't exist when we were born. And the job, the career that we have in the future probably has doesn't exist right now. So it's just kind of... It's really comforting knowing that you can go so many ways and not being attached to a specific result, not being attached to it. career, you know, because that's why competition, it's like people always wonder, oh, there's so many fitness coaches, so many Instagram coaches, business coaches. I'm like, don't worry about competition because everyone's career is just going to go a different way and, and you can't be attached to what are other people doing right now? All you can, all you should be focusing on is how can you evolve your own business and evolve your own coaching so you can serve more people at a larger scale, right? Which is what my focus is for for Guava Empowerment, my company.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the most common like traps people fall into is, oh, there are so many people already doing what I want to do and they're so far ahead of me or there are already enough people in this space. But like, In the online social media, social media marketing, influencer space, like we are still in the stage of infancy. Like, yes, I've been content creating for eight years, but that's still like a drop in the ocean for how big it's going to be. Maybe it'll look different. The platforms might be different, whatever. But the entire concept and the skills that are going to be valued in the long term, like we're still at the beginning and it's not too late to get in, you know?
1: oh, it's not too late at all. And to just put it into perspective even further, like coaching industry isn't even really regulated yet. So the government hasn't gone in and say, oh, you need right. to have mm-hmm. these qualifications or these systems in place to like be an official coach. So when I'm kind of more preparing myself for when that happens, because this industry is just growing and growing. And I would like to be more established and have the funds to be able to go into regulation if that were to happen, which I anticipate it most likely will in the next
0: like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so smart. And one thing that really st- stuck out to me that you were talking about is when you like discovered that this industry exists and this space exists of like coaches, consultants, mentors, online marketing, this whole space. When you discovered it, your first thought wasn't like I want to be a part of this. It's like, oh, I want to be a leader. And also, you have the mindset of I can pretty much figure anything out and like I'll be fine. And so, I'm curious, has that always been kind of like an innate quality within? yourself or has it grown over time? Oh, yeah, it's a great
1: question. I'm kind of like, it's not ashamed of my answer because I wish I had that. You know, I struggled with this for so many years and then I had this big breakthrough and I just became like this super confident person, you know, but I, if you met my mother, Marie, if you met her, she's a lot like <laughs> me, but has black hair and is just a little bit older. And she's like, I grew up with divorced parents and you know, my mom is just like this make it happen type of woman. And I just adopted that from so young. Like I got in trouble so much in elementary school and middle school for the teachers and the principal just always saying, like, Isabella doesn't want to follow the rules. Isabella thinks she she can do it better. Isabella, you know, and <laughs> it's I've always just always been really sure of myself. Yeah. But I am very fortunate to have a really great support system to fall back on if I need it, right? because as coaches we are putting our name on the line like especially you you know you've you've been doing creating content for you said 8 years so that's your name attached to yeah. that's your name and you can't take back if something were to happen like that's your name on the line and i'm really just fortunate to have a support system where if something were to happen right like i do have to fall back on, I have a lot of internal strength, and I'm always just very future oriented, very focused, never really stressing about the what ifs. You just have to, if you're an entrepreneur, like you just always got to be on the up and up, always be thinking about, okay, what if it does work out? You know, what if I can be a leader? What if I am meant to do this? I'm not trying to fool myself. Like, if you feel pulled enough to be accomplishing something, to be creating something, helping other people. It's not in your head. Like it's because that's your vocation. You know, you have, you're meant to be doing something greater. And I just always listen to that in my heart.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so important. Like the why not me attitude, you know, like, why couldn't I accomplish that? Why couldn't I have that role? Why couldn't I have that impact? Like, it totally could be you if you're willing to put in the work and like believe in yourself. And that mindset and that belief in yourself is one of the biggest things that sets apart who's Mm -hmm. successful and fulfilled and who's not and We always say that as an entrepreneur, your business is like a reflection of who you are. And the only way to grow your business is to grow as a person. So would you say that that's been true for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Growing as a person. I think I've done most of my personal
1: development growth (laughs) in the last like six months is where it really, Mm -hmm. really started just I just talked about, like ranted on, I always had this like inner strength, but trust me, like we all have demons. And I, I just opened up earlier to Marie about like, I am in this constant fear of, am I giving enough value? Is this helping people? Like that insecurity is really real for me. But personal growth, reading books, you know, listening to podcasts, just really reflection. These, these are really underrated practices that really make the distinction of the 99% versus the 1%. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the Pareto rule, you know, 80, 20 Like only twenty percent of entrepreneurs are going to get like eighty percent of the of all the revenue in like the coaching industry because they're really pushing themselves or really making it happen and doing all this practice, all these practices like morning gratitude, right? Like As much as I would say, oh, I practice morning gratitude like every single morning, I catch myself not always having doing it because I fall into that trap of, is this really going to make my day better? I should just get into my email. I should just like check in with my clients. Like I can skip the. That's
0: it. You're kicked off the show. This is the grind and be grateful show, Isabella.
1: What? Oh, I know. Oh my God. I know. Oh.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I
1: was, like, anyway. I, I was like, oh my God, I really just did something wrong. No, okay. I wanted to kind of talk about this with you because I definitely uh, find myself like skipping it some mornings mm-hmm. and then no wonder when I feel really lost and I feel a lot of anxiety. It's because I haven't been doing these underrated practices of like listening to podcasts, practicing gratitude, like journaling, and, and you can't skip it, you guys. it's You gotta be that 1%. 99% of people won't do it and you just gotta be that 1%.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you study any of the the top business people, the Mm -hmm. most highly regarded in their fields, the happiest entrepreneurs, because not every entrepreneur feels happy and fulfilled, even if they're super successful. But if you study those that do, they're always the people that preach the importance of self awareness and personal development and like setting aside time to Mm -hmm. level up your mindset, take care of yourself health wise. Like Those are always the people that value their health mentally, physically, and value those practices that really bring you forward as a person. And so tell us like where you are now mindset wise, either personally or in your business or both now versus like when you first started. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wish I can like go back to 21 year old
1: Isabella and just like pat her on the head and be like, Oh, sweet girl. <laughs> you know, nothing bless your heart. <laughs> but when I was getting some traction in my business, I was like, working all day. I graduated college by the way, and I just started my business full time. I was fortunate enough to, you know, be making enough money where I didn't have to get a job, which was my original game plan. But I was twenty pounds overweight. I didn't have a gratitude journal. I was making, you know, pretty good money, but I was really unhappy. And I, a lot of my clients were, you know, online fitness coaches. And I was like, wow, you know, I am really underestimating. And of course, like my mentors in Manabuchi, like this like fitness queen, right? And I was Mm -hmm. like, there's probably something about this fitness thing that I should, (laughs) should get on the bandwagon, right? So I decided to practice what I preach and I decided to hire a fitness coach myself and I'm on month four with her. I lost 20 pounds of fat. I feel more oh my than ever. I walk into the gym with tons and tons of like elatedness. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah. Elatedness. It should be. And just feeling so good about myself. And I worked out today and I don't want to work out every day. You know, it's still a challenge for me to go to the gym. It's not something that like, Oh, I just like fall in love with like sweating and like being in pain. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something that has helped my business tremendously. I made, I'm personally really uh, open about the money I make in my business. I share a lot of like screenshots on Instagram of like my passive income streams and stuff to like inspire other women not to, you know, put like, Oh, look how much money I'm making, but like showing them like, Hey, I can make this like, so can you. And I made showing people what's possible. Yeah, of course. I made an additional $80,000 the last three months of 2018. And I, uh, I know I attribute so much of it due to the fact that I am practicing, you know, a health regimen and I'm taking supplements that make me feel better. And I'm like, just, not internalizing all my feelings and like getting mentors, you know, and it's something that going to the gym can make you so abundant in so many ways, including financially. And it's Mm. incredible.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people are, they brush off, the gym or they brush off taking care of themselves you know they like they don't sleep enough they are constantly ordering food in from like postmates or eating fast food or skipping the gym because they don't have time and it's because they're busy and they just have they constantly feel this lack of time because they have so much to accomplish but in reality if you took the time to like sharpen your axe you know the saying of like if you take an extra like 10 minutes to sharpen your axe before you start cutting wood it goes way faster like that works for business too because if you're taking care of yourself your headspace is so much clearer you're able to focus more you have more energy if you're like feeding your body properly if you're sleeping enough and so for me when i'm taking care of myself i feel like i can have a super productive badass like five six hour work day and get more done than those like 12 14 hour days where i'm just totally dragging all day and like really trying to force it you know what i mean Oh, absolutely. And like, I loved your
1: podcast episode about like the 10 practices that you put into your health this year and that, mm-hmm. how it's like, transformed you. Like I listened to that on my way to the gym and I was like, yeah, like I'm doing what she does and I feel good. And it's real. Like you cannot, you absolutely cannot skimp out on these things that are going to make you feel so, so good. You guys like, trust me, I was overweight. I lacked confidence. I didn't know what a freaking dumbbell versus a barbell was like, <laughs> I didn't know the difference. My fitness coach had to t- tell me. And I'm telling you, like, I attribute so much of my happiness and calmness to just going to the gym four or five times a week. It's unreal. And it's, it's something that now I will never go back to that place where I was. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's an amazing life transformation. And I'm so blessed and just happy that, that I did it for myself.
0: Yeah. And like the physical changes aside, like you look incredible, but also the changes internally just manifest in such a obvious way, like the way you show up on even your Instagram stories or the way you show up for your clients. Like when you are being your best self through, you know, taking care of yourself, you show up for other people in a way higher, more impactful way. And to me, that's like one of the biggest motivators for me to take care of myself as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. When I go on Instagram story, and I say, I didn't want to go to the gym today. But I went because I'm defending my dreams. I'm not defending my drama. And Mm. then so many people will like post on their stories and tag me saying, Isabella went to the gym, I'm going to the gym. And I'm like,
0: wow, I'm not even a fitness coach. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. But that's so powerful is seeing someone that isn't like a fitness guru because in, I call this like the age of the fitspo where there are like limitless amounts of fitspos online and like you could literally throw anything and hit a fitspo and like- (laughs) Oh my God. it makes it seem like everyone's fit and everyone has it together and everyone's an expert and is strong and has abs and all those things. And so I think for a lot of people, it's actually more empowering to see someone who was a beginner a very short time ago and has really just started this journey. Like that is very empowering because it's more relatable. Thank you so much, Marie. That's
1: so sweet. Oh, I love that.
0: It goes with anything like if you can relate to someone to me I'd rather work with someone who's like 2 to 5 steps ahead of me instead of someone that's like, you know, 50 steps ahead of me and that just doesn't even seem realistic, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that thought that you just said alone is like what I preach to my clients too is like you don't want to hire a mentor that's that forgot where you are right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a business coach. And sometimes my clients, I have to kind of get on their level of like, wow, like they're right now living in some fear. They feel super intimidated. They're going through a lot of comparison. And those are feelings I haven't felt in a long time. So I have to find myself and say, okay, let me get on their level. Like, let me really go back to where I was a year ago and speak to them from that place, not from this place of like business or Instagram privilege where it's like, Oh, I have 14,000 followers. Like you don't have to worry because that's not helping them. Like I remember that need and that crave for more of a following, more money, more clients. And like now it's so important to get on their level and not also not hire a mentor that is light years ahead of you and forgets Mm -hmm. where you are right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so on that note of like comparison and just kind of being susceptible to feeling like if you look to someone who's ahead of you you see that distance as like it makes you insecure versus empowers you like how do you stay really grounded in where you're going and like where you're at and stay patient in the process because with fitness with business with anything where you want to level up it can be really easy to get discouraged because you feel like you have so much farther to go so like how do you stay grounded and positive when those thoughts creep in Yeah, I have those thoughts all
1: the time, especially when you see people with like, I just had a $100,000 launch. I just, you know, made all this money. I'm, you know, this event, whatever, like, it's real. And something that has gotten me through just a lot of that kind of living in that fear and those internal feelings and creeping up at night, creeping up in the shower is having a really close group of friends who are going through it with you. And even if you find them on the internet, they're still real people in real life and making those connections. Like my fitness coach, Evelyn, we and her actually became really good friends. And my other friend, Natalie, we vent to each other all the time. And we just unveil this curtain of like, dude, I used to be jealous of you. Like, you know, I used to compare myself to you. And you just have to be really transparent with people who are at your level, but are also Mm -hmm. your friends. Like friends first, we're all business women. So we're kind of in this, like, how can I get ahead mindset, but you need to have
0: a group chat, (laughs) like a group chat of girls who get it, who get you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's so important to have people that understand what you're doing because the times that I've felt the most lonely and the most insecure in my path were times where I was starting my fitness journey and no one around me understood like what my goals were, what I had to do to reach them or when I started my business. And literally the day people found out about my Instagram, I was in high school and I went home crying because everyone was like making fun of me. for I think my Instagram username at that point was fit fuel. So everyone was like, mocking me. And it was just I remember that day, like it was yesterday, because it was so scarring. And I was like, you just feel so lonely when people don't understand you is what I'm trying to say. And like, it's so easy to lose sight of your purpose when you're constantly fighting to like reestablish your worth, you know? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Can we get a mic drop? Can you feel like a little <laughs> noise here Some for snaps. like a little
1: like, yeah, because that was absolutely you hit the nail right on the head, like fighting mm. for your value when it's already there, you know?
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And so when you're not feeling valued, when you're not feeling like you're really living out your purpose. So you go to the people that support you. Is there anything else that really grounds you and reminds you of what you're here for? I do this really great practice with my clients that I
1: just discovered for myself. And I discovered this when I was about to quit my business. <laughs> you know, when after you work for like six months making $500 a month, you kind of start to question like, is this worth it? Mm-hmm. Like, is this here? Right? I filled out a Lyft application <laughs> to like drive people mm-hmm. around. And, you know, so I almost quit. And then what got me through it was like, Okay, Isabella, where were you six months ago? Like, what were you doing? How much money were you making? What was your impact like? And then I just measure where I was six months ago. And between the time of now and six months prior, I look at that evidence. And that's looking at that evidence is all I need to keep going for you know at least another six months right like mm-hmm. being able to make 80k the last 3 months of your business that is something i never thought i would be able to do in my wildest dreams that was something i thought i could accomplish and to see it like in my face staring at me i would be like wow i'm really onto something like and and you know i'm not trying to say okay you need to make 80k for, for you to keep going like that's not my message here but you know think about how much impact think about what who you're inspiring the people in your community how you're a leader to them you know like i'm sure that there's people if you feel like no one is paying attention to you i guarantee you're wrong you know mm-hmm. i get messages I'm saying like, Oh my God, I remember watching you from the beginning and like seeing how far you've come is so incredible. And I haven't heard from that person in a year, you know, and it's people are, are watching and you have to just keep going, keep showing up and have a lot of faith because entrepreneurs, there's no guarantee. The world doesn't owe us, you know, revenue. The world doesn't owe us followers. You just got to like create it for yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. No one owes you anything. I think that is huge in especially in a time where I think entrepreneurship and like what we do is really romanticize like the laptop lifestyle, working for yourself. Like, no, you guys, when I like, I work from home and that doesn't mean that I'm like sitting there with a face mask on, like all serene with some candles. Like I'm in my high school sweatpants. I'm still not wearing a bra. I maybe haven't brushed my teeth until like 2 PM. Like it's not glamorous. What? <laughs> Dude, I forget to brush my teeth all the time. It's so gross. Right? It's disgusting. Like, it's not glamorous. And I think it's very romanticized. It's very, I don't want to say overrated because it's fucking incredible to be able to chase your dreams and like do what we do. But I don't think people realize how hard it is and like the icky stuff that's included.
1: Yeah. You want to know a little hack that I do? Because I'm a. I also, I'm like, I'm on the same boat. Like I work from home every day, wake up, wake up and grind, right? Well, wake up, grind, grind is is the new new routine. But I work in this living room and I'm in it right now recording this with you. And I actually have a lot of little animals around me. Mm, Yeah. Um, Like my dog is a real dog, but I have like little trinkets of animals. And they're new friends. Oh my God. That's incredible. I love it. Yeah. And I have three couches in this room and like in one couch is where I'll record podcasts and the other couches where I'll do client check-ins and the other couch I'll be on Instagram to just kind of like shift my mindset because I can't physically move around too much in my own home. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So like delegating specific spaces for specific activities, like Will one keep you more focused throughout that activity because you're like, I'm in the Instagram DMs chair. Yeah. I'm in the podcasting chair, right? So I do that too. But working from home, you have to hack it for yourself. Otherwise, for sure. you know, you'll just watch Sex in the City all day like I do, or I like, <laughs> like I used to, and you won't. It's not the most productive way to spend your time is what I'll say.
0: For sure. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, I can like watch Netflix while I work and I can work from anywhere that I want. And it's like, no, if you actually want your business to like flourish and really grow, you're going to have to like make sacrifices (laughs) just like with anything else that's worth having. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. can't just go to Bali one day. that's in the future. That's what everyone thinks. Like, oh, I'll just work for myself. I'll work from Bali. I'll work by the pool. And it's like actually working outside is one of the worst things ever because you can't even see your screen. So like they're bugs. So <laughs> There's never an outlet. like you just people I don't know. understand. <laughs>
1: I know, they don't get it. But hopefully you all will get to that point and suffer with
0: us. Yeah, for sure. So with like all this entrepreneurship talk, I'm sure there are a bunch of people listening that are like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't really Mm -hmm. care to be an entrepreneur. Like I love my career path or my future career path or whatever. So would you say that there is value in growing a personal brand, growing an audience, even if you don't want to like monetize it anytime soon? Yeah, I mean, I with this question, I feel like
1: my answer is going to be biased cuz like I use Instagram as like a tool to spread my message and like mm-hmm. obviously and help people. So I've never been in the mindset of like I just want to have a following to have one. So right. try to look from that perspective. I feel that there's always valuable to if you have a message to share or you do a lot of work volunteering or you take a stance against like human trafficking homelessness you know, female empowerment like that is a great way everyone should have an outlet right
0: mm-hmm.
1: social media is great because it allows you to have an outlet whether with a blog or youtube channel podcast and and if you have a message you can share it and you can grow your following right i don't really work with too many influencers in this in the sense of yeah like i'll help you work with fabfitfun and i'll help you work with the sand cloud towel thing. Like that's not my, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not my zone of expertise, but I have worked, like women have come up to me saying, you know, I really want to end human trafficking. Like how can I grow my following so I can get more people on board with my mission? And I'm like, yes, like yeah. that is valuable. Let me help you, you know, because mm-hmm. there are for everybody, not just for entrepreneurs.
0: Right. Yeah. I think social media and we see a lot of influencers, and we're like, oh, that just means they make like money from brand deals and they get like free stuff and all of those things. But really, you can make it whatever you want to make it. That's the whole point is like you can draw whatever type of people you want to you by the way that you show up on the internet, which is really freaking cool. And like, I would say even my brand is a perfect example of that because I started as a high school and college athlete. And like I had a bunch of high school college people who were like athletes and trying to, you know, make that transition into being in college. And then I became a a bikini competitor and people followed me for that. And now I'm into holistic wellness and mindset and entrepreneurship. And now people follow me for that. Like you can attract any type of person that you want and like bring them into your cause no matter what. Like even if it's not about the money, odds are you're passionate about something and would like to share that with people. Yeah, exactly. Everyone needs some type of outlet. And it's a lot more rewarding
1: to when you have an outlet that other people really admire. So even if it's like art and you take your art to an art festival and people buy it, like that's not using social media, but that's still people connecting with you and feeling really good about what they do to make them keep going. You know, I just went to an art festival like last weekend mm-hmm. and I bought so much art because I just love supporting people, people's creative outlets. And yeah. if I can afford it, and it resonates with me, like I'm going to buy it because it's, I buy a lot of things (laughs) to just like support entrepreneurs and like support support people's hobbies. And I know that money will just be returned to me in abundance.
0: And Mm -hmm. that's like
1: money that work right there. But it's real people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so would you say that because I think people are maybe hesitant to be upfront about like they want to make money on social media. How can we have a better mindset about that in the sense that like it's not bad to do something for the money?
1: Yeah, and this really ties back into what you said about glamorizing the fact that you work from home. Influencers and making money from an audience is also kind of glamorized in this way that makes me feel like a little icky about it mm-hmm. because I'll get these applications for people to join my mastermind or to, you know, have a session with me and I'll ask in the application like what goal do you want? Like what's a goal? And they're like I want 10,000 followers. I'm like but and then why? when I I'm like, why, why do you want 10,000 followers? They're like, So I can get verified or so I can work with brands or so I can then monetize. I'm like, you know, I I what that tells me is I need to keep preaching my message of like, hey, you don't need a big following. Or like, hey, having followers doesn't always lead to tons and tons of residual income working with brands. Like I know tons of people who work with brands and they're struggling to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I know people with millions of followers who struggle to pay their bills and have to work a full time job still because they haven't yeah. in, been intentional and like learned how to monetize it. Followers is not yeah. equal money. Yeah.
1: No, not at all. And you have to always... A lot of mistakes novices do, and novices, again, I'm speaking from like a business coach perspective, is they don't have an end result in mind, Mm. right? So it's like... Oh, I'm coming out with a freebie. Okay, what's the end result? Like, what, what's the result you want to get from this freebie, right? Because yeah. people just put out stuff to just... And it's coming from a... It's acting on a scarcity of like, okay, I need more followers. I need to put out a freebie. I need to, you know, host a challenge and they won't lead their following into a funnel, right? Like, okay, you're going to put out a freebie and so you what? can grow your email list. Right. So you can nurture them. So that way, when you launch your program, it's going to be a big success.
0: Right. Yeah, right. I think there are a lot of parallels in fitness and wellness coaching too. there because I'll have client applications or people in my DM saying like, hey, I just really want to lose 10 pounds or like, hey, how do mm-hmm. I grow my butt? And like those are not <laughs> bad goals by any means, but like if your motivation is only surface level and like really that's the end is like I just want mm-hmm. to lose 10 pounds the end then Mm -hmm. that's not going to take you very far it's not going to bring you anything of actual value other than like maybe you'll fit into a smaller size but like so what sort of thing Yeah, and you you gain it back right right? yeah
1: without those goals without those results in the back of your mind you know Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and so let's talk like tangible stuff though because you are the instagram guru and you're here to drop some knowledge on us about you know, like the gram and making the most of it. If someone decides that they do want to grow an audience and that's where they want to make an impact, let's like Mm -hmm. get into some tangible stuff and tell us about, everyone knows what Instagram is. Everyone knows, you know, it's like pretty pictures and squares and captions and stuff. But one thing that people are really always confused about is the algorithm. So for those listening who aren't an expert like you, what is that thing? How does it impact us? And yeah, how can we like work with it? Yeah, I love this question. So the
1: algorithm, whenever I hear that word, I'm just like the word that pops up after is like victim because like Mm -hmm. everyone feels like they're a victim of the algorithm and like the algorithm's out to get them. Uh So you know, everyone listening at home, driving in their car, you know, cooking dinner, you know, you're listening to this podcast. Instagram is a big computer, you know, like at the end of the day, it's a man-made computer and an algorithm is just a way for that computer to process data information from its users and it's going to rank the algorithm is going to coordinate all of the content posted on the application according to your audiences or your own uh, behaviors on the application Mm -hmm. so that's like the most technical way of, of of defining what the algorithm is but basically you know the best of the best gets thrown to the top and everyone always wants to be thrown to the top right mm-hmm. so how do you get thrown to the top of everyone's feed how is your picture going to be the number one that everyone is going to look at and it's obviously a lot of algorithm hacking which i would love to like deep into cuz i'm sure everyone is ears are perked up yeah. right now like yes algorithm hacking oh my <laughs> god like this is amazing. I'm so glad I listened to like fifty minutes into this episode. so we'll get into that, but I want to like preface that you know the algorithm is not working against you. You have to work with it. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with Instagram is on a on a spectrum where it's like red to reddish orange to yellow to yellowy green to green, right, and you always want to be in the green. Mm-hmm. Ways that you're in the red are things, you know, not in Instagram's Instagram's like best. What's the way of saying it? In best, best, interest, best practices. Yeah, like Instagram's like good graces oh, yeah. is what I'm. Yeah, the good graces is like if you're using bots, if you're using those like nasty growth bots. Instagram doesn't like that and they can tell because it's like a big, really big computer. Obviously, there's been like some rumors about Instagram shutting down pods. Pods are an excellent way to grow your engagement and to also grow your following. I have tons of content on pods. If, if you have a specific question on that, I can definitely dive into that a little bit later. But you want to work you want to do best practices for Instagram. So some really actionable, tactile practices to get into the green, good graces of Instagram. One really great hack is to respond to comments immediately. Mm. So you have to be, when, when you post a picture and it's like, you feel super good about it, you post it and you're like, oh my God, this is the best picture ever. You know, I look fly or I look, you know, everything's super clear. The colors are great as comments are coming in, respond to them immediately. Right. So what's happening is that there's a lot of activity happening on your post and Instagram is identifying that activity. They're like, wow, there's like a party happening on, uh, on Isabella's picture. Let's bring that up to the top because I think other people are going to want to see this. Right. So if five people comment on your picture and you respond to five comments, that's turning five into 10. Right. So that's like the first thing you should be doing is always responding to comments. One, you know, because it's going to drive up engagement, but two, it's like the decent thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're having more touch points with your audience. Like I always respond to all my comments. Right. So I know a couple of people, like they post on Instagram and then they like throw their phone because they're like, I don't want to know what happens, but don't <laughs> that, like stay pretty active
0: for at least 30 minutes after. So you can like, be
1: responding to comments
0: as they come in. Right. I try to like block off time. Like I don't post a photo when I'm about to then go be busy. Like I post a photo Mm -hmm. when I have time to like sit and babysit and watch and reply to comments because like you said, algorithm. And two, like I don't, what were we saying earlier about like you don't deserve anything. Like people don't owe me a comment, you know? So it's a big deal that someone spent minutes of their day or like Mm -hmm. a few seconds of their day To comment on my photo. Like, they didn't have to do that. And so I try to acknowledge as many people as I can because that was nice of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's like my hack of like, that's one of the reasons why I'm able to get like 50 to 100 comments on a picture. Sometimes more than that is because if you do that enough, like, if you respond to comments enough, and I don't want to compare people to dogs, but like, if your dog sits, you're going to reward your dog. Like, you want to, like, so he does it again and again when you're responding to comments and you make your audience feel, you know, warranted and nurtured, like they are going to be so much more inclined that the next time you post, they're going to keep
0: commenting, right? Right. I mean, they're not commenting most of the time just to like hear themselves talk. It's like they're trying to have a conversation with you.
1: Oh, yeah. And like, as coaches, you know, everyone wants touch points with you, Mm -hmm. you know? everyone wants to know your feedback. Everyone wants your eyes on this. Everyone wants your opinion on that. And you may have answered a question. You may have answered the question of like, how do I grow my butt a million zillion times? But people are still going to ask you because people want those touch points with you. They want to feel special. They want to feel like, oh, like she answered my question. Like she gave me the advice. It feels
0: really, really good to them, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So how do people position themselves as an expert in something if they don't feel like they're like at a leader point yet to where they know a ton? How do they like feel secure in being an expert?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I feel that, especially with a lot of like beginners, you know, beginning entrepreneurs, people who are just starting their business now and in the beginning of 2019, is, you know, for a while, at least this is from my experience, I did everything and anything for my clients. Like I built websites for my clients, you mm-hmm. know, it, I was just like available to them because I just needed to see like what I was good at, what you're going to be an expert in, whatever takes you whatever it takes someone else like three times as long to do if you can do it faster than them that's probably your expertise right yeah. so for me it always come came back to instagram like my clients would um i would post on instagram for them and every time i posted for them they got so much more engagement and and views and when they did it so that was it was always coming back to instagram and growth and and impact than it was ever going to like website design, building landing pages, you know, I know how to do all that stuff. But for me, my zone of genius was always going back to the thing that took me a lot less time than other people to do. And like just understanding it and making, you know, it took me a really like over like a few years to really understand the way Instagram and Facebook social media work with the algorithm with testing and, and something I'm really lucky to have learned is millennial buying behavior. Mm, Right? Yeah working in startups, a lot of those startups that I worked at was targeted to millennials, the products and services. So I learned their behavior. So when it came to Instagram, I was like, okay, this is just a different a different machine I have to work the gears of, but I get it. I see why people, I know the type of content people, millennials resonate with. And, and my clients, you know, aren't always millennials like my clients are mainly age of like 24 to 35 okay so you know how to target women that was more difficult for me was like being 22 was really hard to land it was really hard to find a client who was willing to pay me the the big bucks who was like older and saw me as that mature authority Mm. but it just time and my messaging too, right? Like, if you're young, like I am, uh, or like Maria's, you have to speak eloquently. Because women, they don't want to be talked to like girls, they want to be talked to like women. So avoiding language of, hey, girl, hey, boo thing, or like, what's up, or it's lit, like, that's <laughs> not
0: to appeal to uh, someone who's going to pay you high ticket. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's acting as if you're already an expert, even if you don't feel like it's acting in a way that attracts who you want to work with and what you want to become, which is like... I mean, this is a total tangent, but like with the law of attraction, for example, you have to like imagine that something already exists and then act as if like just imagining it isn't enough, but you also have to act that way. And then soon enough, it becomes that way, like in reality, you know, 100%
1: and I actually when I was trying to lose weight in the beginning of like my journey, I would actually wear clothes that were tighter on me Mm -hmm. because I was like all right, I'm going to, you know, law of attraction, like I'm going to wear clothes that are a little bit too small because I'm going to pretend and act like I'm 20 pounds lighter, you know? Oh gosh, and, yeah. and it was really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that level of belief in what will be that will take you really far. And let's circle Mm -hmm. back to like the tangible Instagram stuff, because for a lot of people, what they want to happen and what they want to create is an engaged following, an engaged tribe that they can impact, that they can monetize, whatever their goal might be let's say they want to grow their following. Let's say they're just starting out or maybe they've been at it for a while, but they're like not seeing growth. What are some of the tangible things that like you teach to your clients as the pillars of like Instagramming other than what we said as far as like always commenting back?
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's like number one, commenting back, you know, rewarding behavior that you want to keep seeing. Number two, you know, this is like the unsexy answer and it's like you got to be producing high quality content. Mm -hmm. No one Having an iPhone potato, like please go upgrade your phone. Yes. <laughs> if if you can, like I get financial resources, but like this is your business. You can, you can write it off as like a as an expense and tax deductible, whatever. So upgrading that, this is like a couple things. So one, please use hashtags. I attribute so much of my growth to using some really niche hashtags, right? So I wouldn't necessarily use hashtag girlboss because that has millions and millions of uses. I would use hashtag, hashtag, girls who hustle, Mm. right? So using niche, really targeted hashtags is going to be an essential way to really grow and get in front of your ideal client. And and if you're wondering, I do have a list of hashtags, but I'm not going to like push that right now. Uh, So you can use that. You can also, um, something, a big mistake I see is people are like, like what you said, you know, I'm doing all the right things. I'm creating content. I'm already using hashtags. I'm using stories. But then I see that they're only following like 500 people, Mm right? So if you live in a town of 500 people, you're going to have the same conversations, you're going to see the same movie, you're going to go to the same restaurants, like it's a small town. So please go follow, like go into a following, not a following spree, but like get into the behavior of following more accounts. Follow people who are commenting on your competition's pictures. Get into a following mood, not because in the hopes of, they're going to follow you back. If they do, great. But, you know, that's not why you're doing it. But you want to do it so you get exposed to some really good content. Because likely, you're probably seeing the same thing over and over again from the same, like, 500 people. You want to be... Expanding like your ideas, the type of content that you're consuming. And that itself is such a great hack because it's going to trickle into the type of content you create, which is going to attract better followers, and it's just going to have a really, really great ripple effect. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's the second one. And help you stand out too. Like if you yeah because in like the fitness space, for example, there are basically Maybe like four main types of content that do really well. Like there are mirror pictures, there are swipe workout videos, there are before and afters, and then there are like physique flexing photos in like a cool place Mm -hmm. or something. Like those are one of some of the biggest successful kind of categories of photos and so if you're only following fitness people you're only going to be exposed to that sort of stuff and you're not going to get any new ideas whereas like maybe I start following like skateboarders or something I don't know like a totally different industry you're going to be exposed to different types of content and have different sources of inspiration and then you can bring something new back to your space and stand out in your space that has been doing the same thing for like weeks or months at a time already yeah, I totally, totally, I think that's kind of like what I did with just sharing more of my fitness
1: journey on social media. And like, I'm not a fitness coach, but a lot of business coaches follow me and they are living a very sedentary lifestyle. And like, they see me running a business and like getting like the best of both worlds. And I say that in the in the way of, you know, I don't have it all together, people, but like I do share my wins, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that's a really good point. I like that. And just going in and studying, like what you said, what content performs well in your niche. For my niche, business coaching, it's like laptop pictures, like working from home. It's also like looking really confident, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even if you feel silly going out in public and you're looking around and you're asking your friend or your boyfriend to take a picture of you, you're not silly. It's kind of like, you know, if, if I'm your coach, I will tell you, just get over it. Like, you need to be creating content. You need to be showing up for your business. Because when you show up for your business, your business shows up for you. Mm. So creating like really confident content. I had this really great trick that I discovered with my boyfriend. So... I was, you know, throwing my content all over the place in the beginning. And I was trying to create these like really luxe lifestyle brand photos. And what I would do actually is I would save pictures. I actually have a couple of your pictures saved, Marie. Oh. Of, um, pictures that I like would want to replicate for myself. Right. So yeah, I have a whole if folder. I saw like... Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Like have a whole folder of pictures that you want to recreate for yourself. And then when you're creating content with like your Instagram husband, your boyfriend, your best friend, you can show that picture as a reference of like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And they already know the angle. They have like a direct representation of what the type of content you're trying to create. And it's like you save so much time because I know some of our boyfriends get a little bit annoyed of like, oh, my God, like, did we get it? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> did we finally get the picture? Yeah. So, you save time, you get the picture that you want, you get the angle that you want, and it's like super, super seamless. Because, you know, me and my boyfriend, we go on date nights, and that's like the only time where I look nice. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, okay, time to take a picture. Like, I'm outside of the house, have to look like a real human. And, you know, he's very understanding too, and just having like a direct conversation of like, hey, This is what I'm trying to do. Creating content is going to be a huge driver of my success in this field. Will, you know, you have to be on board. Like, will you help me, right? Mm -hmm. And saying, gosh, why can't you just take a picture of me? It's like not a big deal. Like that's kind of a juvenile way of going around it. Like just having a clear, concise conversation of like,
0: hey, this is where I'm going.
1: You got to help me out. Like (laughs) I'll buy you ice cream. Like what do you need? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And just having, I think, we tend to be like, oh, that was probably so effortless for her to take that photo. Like, she looks so carefree. Oh that must come so yeah. naturally to her. And I'm like, hell. No, if you could see like my first photos on Instagram, if you could see the first few photo shoots I did, like I had no idea what I was doing. And even today, like I still refer back to my little bank of like inspiration photos or if I know that I need a specific photo in a specific place, I'll like look it up on Pinterest, like stairwell photo or something like that. Like I find inspiration everywhere and you don't have to figure everything out on your own and you don't have to Mm -hmm. feel like everything is effortless and flowy and like whatever. That's great if it does, but not every aspect of your business or social media is going to feel that way like you're going to feel weird about doing stuff a lot and at this point I'm like I don't care I'll vlog in public but the first you know like year that I did it I was like I can't talk to you guys right now there are people watching me (laughs) yeah (laughs) so sweet do you ever
1: sometimes I take a screenshot of like my the photos app of my phone to like show them like the zillions of pictures that look exactly the same Uh
0: yeah I'm like oh my (laughs) my finger moved half an inch and that's you know
1: know. and I always DM me like wow I this is like so eye-opening that you also do this I'm like dude yeah like
0: we all Mm -hmm. do this like this I'm not trying to hide like there's no secret yeah here. and it's so much practice it's so much like knowing your angles knowing how to find the right lighting knowing you know what outfits look best on camera like it's such a process of learning oh, yeah. and changing and just trying to like figure it out that it's easy to get mm-hmm. caught up and feel like you're never gonna get there but you just have to practice and keep showing up and like creating that quality content is such a pillar of growth it's not up for debate you know it's not up for n- negotiation it's a non-negotiation thing that you need to get better at if you want to grow. And if you don't want to do that, then Instagram yeah. is probably not the platform for you. Yeah. And
1: that's totally normal too. I think there's this, um, there's definitely the stigma of like, you need a big following. Mm. Like if you want to do anything on Instagram, you need to have a big following, but this just not the case. Like I understand the pressure. Like I understand the need to, I need that 10 K. Like I just need that swipe up feature. And I do cater to that audience of like, Hey, if you, if you want to grow, like I have a product for that, you know? But, um, my real mission is just to help women like land high ticket paying okay. clients and like leave generation on instagram which i have a really good hack for if you want me to yeah, share of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think this is like literally genius i discovered this you know again like on my little couch where i work every day and with my little animals around <laughs> me and i was kind of i was on that like growth you know when you want to grow on instagram you have to like be like committed to mm-hmm. growth you have to like practicing growth hacks every day. And I discovered this one and it's in my new ebook that's coming out soon. So you guys are getting like the first peek of this, but it's like you go on Instagram and you go on someone who has a pretty similar audience as you, right? So someone who, and this is, this advice is kind of more tailored to, I guess, like business coaches or, or online fitness coaches, but you go on someone's on live. When that person goes live on Instagram, you are then going to go ahead and everyone who's engaging with that person's live, you're going to have your laptop open and you're going to be searching for those users, following them and engaging with them mm. back. And it's best to do it in real time over a replay. But oh my God, I did this to like Jatana Jackson and, and like Jasmine yeah. Starr, like when I was just like doing with it. And I got like 30 followers in like 15 mm. minutes. And they were all like, possible ideal clients. They were all right. like then going to engage with me. And it was insane, that hack. So
0: if you guys do that, let me know what your yeah, results Yeah, that's so genius. And even like that's a very specific example but even just going to people that have similar accounts as you and like commenting on their photos commenting back to people that commented on their photos so like you're leaving a comment and you're Mm -hmm. also commenting back to their people obviously don't like insert yourself into conversations but if you can like relate something be like oh my god same happened to me well like just Engage on yeah. other people's stuff because when you're so focused on growing your own stuff, you forget that like other people even exist. But if you the more you can be a member of a community and the more visible you can be on other people's stuff, the more new people will find you as well. Totally. And like you, if you want engagement, you need to give at least like
1: five times the engagement mm. out there, you know, like whatever you put out. Whatever you want to receive, you have to give like three or five times percent of that. You know, like that's like me buying expensive art at art shows because I'm like, I know it's going to be returned to me. I know it's going to be returned to me. Like, I don't know for sure. But, you know, you just got to have faith <laughs> yeah. that it will. And yeah, engaging on, um, Bar- you know, Barbara Cochran from Shark Tank? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I commented on Barbara's picture, like just something of like, yes, girl, like, that's amazing. I love this message or something. And like, I got like 50 followers Mm. from that. It was so weird. And she's like a really big account. But I guess people pay attention to like, the people who engage with her. And you know, so commenting on bigger accounts works too. You know, as long as obviously, we didn't have I don't know if we have enough time to go into like Instagram profiles and audits and stuff, but having a, making a really good first impression, like having a really clear profile picture, super clear bio, that's gonna lessen the follow and follow mm-hmm. happening. I know a lot of people suffer through that. A big way to just like, outbeat the follow and follow is like one using hashtags, like continuing to use those niche hashtags and switching them out often, but also just having a really clear Instagram profile. So that way, it's not a surprise of like, you know, if I'm a business coach, and I'm posting about something about business, it's obviously not a surprise to my audience, because they got that from the right. get go.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: If you're here, and then you start talking about like, skateboarding your audience is gonna be like whoa wait this is not why mm-hmm. i followed you like i thought i was gonna get like salad pictures right, right? oh you actually made
0: more salads <laughs> last week <laughs> oh i'm so happy like my yeah. habit of eating a salad <laughs> day yeah yeah i
1: went grocery shopping and
0: i was like my boyfriend and i we usually get like
1: one thing of like the salad in like the plastic mm-hmm. box thing and i was like i'm gonna get
0: two Yeah, <laughs> it's just like because marie eats way salad to push yourself day. and leave your comfort zone <laughs> I know
1: it, it was. It's hard I sometimes. I, it's still, I still have issues. I'm
0: <laughs> <sometimes>. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say. Wait, where were we going with this? I think like, like profiles. Oh, and yeah. Clarity. So people them. don't want to make a stance and like draw a line as far as what they're about. Like they don't want to repel anyone because they just want everyone to follow them. But that's actually a huge mistake because then you get people following you and unfollowing you because they're like, mm, actually, I changed my mind. Like I didn't really understand who you were and. I don't want to follow you. And so you get caught in this trap of like, you're trying to appeal to everyone. So you appeal to truly appeal to no one, where it's so much better to have a smaller following, attract the people that are really aligned and repel the people that aren't. And then those people that are with you are like your true people instead of, you know, having a bunch of people that are like half in half out. It's better to repel people than just accept anyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I did a take a stance
0: post a few
1: weeks ago and I lost a lot of followers, but I'm really glad Mm -hmm. that I did. I called out white privilege in the coaching industry because I'm Hispanic and I went to Pace to be Brave, Mm -hmm. Angelique's event. And, you know, I'm not going to get into like specific stuff, but that post I just talked about, like, you know, I'm really tired of. You know, I'm going to tiptoe around saying this because maybe I don't know your audience too well, but for me, like, I'm really tired of white privileged women saying like things of like, uh, I'm like getting nervous saying it, but like, it's lit or like, it's ratchet or like, boo boo. And it's like, okay, you know, that language benefits you because you sound trendy. But like, if a black woman were to say that you would probably judge her and Mm -hmm. think she's ghetto. And just like watching what you say and not like sometimes a few people will like call me mommy. Right. And it's like a blonde girl. I'm like, okay, I know you're trying to connect with me, but like, you know, you're not my cubanita best friend. Like you're, you know, that's not who you are. And like, you don't have to, you don't have to talk like that. You can just be yourself. And I get it. Like that language is trendy and saying things like boosky and and whatever, and like that stuff. But at the end of the day, like, let's call it what it is. And it's white privilege. And you can't just ignore that fact. And I have called out a few people saying like, hey, you should really avoid that type of language because it really does make Black women, especially Black women in the coaching industry, they are not being represented enough. I'm Cuban, so I'm not going to like speak on on for Black women. I mean, yes, I am going to speak for Black women because they they aren't being represented enough, and and there weren't enough Black women at Pace to be brave. There was like four of them, mm-hmm. and, and it really upset me. To upset the four Black women that I talked to, right? So there needs to be more represent- representation in this industry and there needs to be less ignorance and we need to be more proactive about the way that we communicate and the way that we re- present ourselves because it, it's uh, sometimes
0: it does disappoint mm-hmm. me so that was a little no right? no no That was it's so exactly true t- though because there that, are certain but- things that yeah. like a minority group or like, like a person of color they would get judged for or they would get alienated because of and then white people or you know whatever the majority group is, they are able to co-opt that thing and like make it cute and trendy because they're doing it, but anyone else doing it would be judged. And like, I don't think that's right. And I totally agree with you. Like that's a huge thing in the fitness industry too. Like there are so few fitspos of color (laughs) pardon like the expression but it's really really true like it seems like every other fitspo is a tiny blonde white girl with blue eyes and they wear an extra small and um like the lack of diversity can be really discouraging and it can be very alienating because if someone that doesn't fit that description tries to or like discovers the community discovers the industry they don't feel like they have a seat at the table because they're not represented yet yeah and
1: they don't even like go to these events because they're just like not encouraged to because the lineup is is all white right and and it's so important to just like acknowledge this and i was at the event that i mentioned and someone asked me like a white girl asked me like what do you think about it she goes i think it's full of like white people and she goes oh my god i didn't even Mm -hmm. notice that and i'm like of course you didn't. Like, you know, not in a way to put her down, but I was just like, because this is not being talked about enough and oh, like I can cry because it's something that I think about all the time and and I make it a point to serve that community as much as I can, make my masterminds very diverse and, and color-friendly and I sometimes I'll be scrolling on Instagram and I'm like, there's not enough color on my feed and I will go into like hashtag like Black Women Entrepreneur and just like follow and just like expand my network because I need to be... You know, I come from Miami, and I didn't grow up around white people. Like, Mm -hmm. I really didn't. There's... Everyone was Cuban. Everyone was Venezuelan. Everyone was like Afro-Cuban. So when I moved to Gainesville, I really—this is where I really like learned about this privilege. And when, when I entered the coaching industry, it's like even more prevalent. And it's something that I really, really uh, take a stance on. So thank you so much for for giving me this platform yeah. and talk about it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for, for sure. It's so incredible. Yeah,
0: I'm so for standing up for mm-hmm. what you believe in, even if you are a brand, even if you are a business. Like if you have a huge platform and you. Have have a bunch of people that are willing to hear what you have to say, like you kind of have a duty or a responsibility to stand up for people that don't have that platform. And so, I mean, I got a bunch of hate when I was posting about the Kavanaugh hearing on my story and saying, I believe women and like talking about sisterhood and things like that. And like, I wasn't even saying whether or not I thought he did it or anything like that. I was simply like standing with women and talking about like sexual assault and things like that. And I got so much negativity about that. Like I was shocked about how many people are like, you don't know anything about this. Like I didn't follow you for this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, no, you didn't. But like, I'm still a person with feelings. And like, honestly, if you don't value women in this way, and like, if you're not willing to stand up for your fellow women, then fine. Like, unfollow me. I don't want you here anyway.
1: Yeah. yeah. Amen.
0: I love it. So the same thing with like
1: Larry Nassar. I, I went live I was, like, live on Instagram when they were live, like, doing the, uh, what is it called? Mm-hmm. Like, the sentencing. And I was just, like, cheering. I didn't get too much hate for that. But, like, yo, I'm I'm super about putting, like, uh, just people getting sentenced or getting punished for mistreatment of women. Because it's, this is not something, this has been something that's, you know, occurred since the beginning of time. They would, like, club our heads and drag us by our hair oh into the cave and... <laughs> Like I'm not gonna go too graphic, but but yeah, it's something I'm very very passionate about. And thank you again. I really appreciate you giving me this platform to have this open conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Like I said, I think when you have a platform, you also kind of have a responsibility to like stand up for the people that don't have a platform. So I'm glad we got to end on this note and like bring it full circle back to like <laughs> empowerment know. and you know stepping into whatever you believe in and doing whatever you know is your truth speaking your truth so thank you so much for being here and for such a great conversation but before we go there's one final question and that is because this is the grind to be grateful podcast the question is what is one thing that you are currently grinding for and is what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for
1: oh wow okay I'm currently grinding for you know the launch of my new course I just launched literally yes. yesterday it's a course called the Instagram vault and I actually put in every single thing I know about Instagram mm-hmm. like all of my knowledge I put it into a course because I feel like why not like this information needs to be accessible to everybody and if I can grow my business while helping other people do that so I'm really excited grinding that just like Again, like I want everyone to be a six figure, seven figure earner if they can. So Instagram is a great way to do that. So that's one thing I'm grinding for, just launch mode. I thrive in it, but it mm-hmm. is launch mode. And something I'm just grateful for. I talked about this last night with my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm just so effing blessed to be to yeah. have this life. You know, to be twenty-three to I can get emotional about it, just you know, not have to worry about worry about these external things like having a bad boss or or having co-workers or working in like this toxic environment like I am so so blessed and grateful to have that this opportunity and I, I never take it for granted and the, my support system I'm incredibly grateful for and it's never something I ever ever thought I would ever attain and and here I am like I really do make my like all those years of being a, a troubling elementary stu- school student and technically never graduating middle <laughs> school, like all those years of suffering that I was problematic and a troublemaker and stupid and, you know, like all this stuff. It just makes me so like, I'm so proud of mm. how far I've come and I'm and I'm so grateful for that. And I really, I love my seven-year-old self. She's like, she probably looks at me like I look mm. at Michelle Obama, which is like, yeah. Don't so you wish awesome. you could just go so, back so and cool. hug
0: yourself and be like, this is for a bigger purpose, baby girl. Don't cry. It's why I want to have like so many daughters. I
1: just like want to have all. Old... I mean, I'll be okay with a boy so I can like teach him how to yeah.
0: empower women, but like daughters yeah, would be super for cool. Sure, for <laughs> sure. So, okay. So yeah. much good stuff this show. And now I'm sure everyone is like, where can I, I stalk it. her? I want to be her best friend. I want to learn all her secrets. Where mm-hmm. can everyone find you? Yes, everybody. You can find
1: me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is guava. So my company is called Guava Empowerment. Everyone thinks that I'm like a, I'm like this like topless guava fruit <laughs> farmer that I like pick, pick guava trees topless, but it's just because I'm a Cuban and and guavas were like in my baby bottle. So that's why I named my company that. Isabella.guava is my handle. I have a podcast called the Guava Girl Podcast. And it's just like tons of realness. Lots of me ranting, giving you guys... Again, I just give it all for free. Like all of my Instagram hacks and business strategies meant to just help people. My website's dot IsabellaSilverio.com. Silver IO. Silverio. And yeah, just on the interwebs. I'll be here for a while. I'll be on the internet for probably the rest of my career. So if you just, just wanna find me that right. that's totally cool and, and please. If you come from the Grind and Be Grateful podcast, send me a message, like, let's talk. I, I love I love connecting with new people. And, and if there's anything that specifically resonated with you in this podcast, I would really love to know so I
0: can keep preaching that message and touch more yes, people's hearts. Definitely tell Isabella that I sent you. Tell her thank you for her time on the show. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your wisdom, sharing your empowerment. Awesome. And yeah, just thanks for being you. Oh, thank you for oh. being you. Thank you so much, Marie. I really had a great time. This is yes, incredible. I will talk to you later, girl. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye before you go I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the grind and be grateful podcast today I'm super happy that we are able to hang out and share some good vibes today it would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it whether it's texting it to your friend linking it on Twitter or posting a screenshot on your instagram story it is all super appreciated and please leave a show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it tell me what you think let me know what you want to hear more of this show is for you so your feedback matters plus it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves thank you again for listening and supporting the show and until next time don't forget to grind to be grateful my friends